Listener-supported KFUO, the messenger of good news. Gary Duncan with you, and it's a great Friday afternoon, and you know what happens at Friday at this time. We have our Moment in Scripture segment here on the Midday Moments program. And I have Pastor Matt Clark of Ascension Lutheran Church in South St. Louis, as we always do for the Moment in Scripture segment. Hi, Matt. How are you doing? Hi, Gary. Doing real well. Thanks for having me on. Glad to be here. So your neighborhood was real busy last weekend, I guess, with the brew and the loo, all part of the Lutheran schools, helping the Lutheran schools. So anything going on uh, coming up? Yeah, that's exactly right. The brew and the loo, that was right across the street from us in beautiful Francis Park. Uh, so a great event to help Lutheran education in the St. Louis area. Um, yeah, we, we do have something coming up here at Ascension. We have on uh, the 22nd of this month, so uh, I guess that would be a week from this Saturday, we have a parenting class here at Ascension, a Christian parenting class uh, from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. That's going to be led by someone from uh, Concordia Publishing House. We welcome Lisa Krenz uh, as our leader for that session. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, the whole community is welcome, especially if you have children that are you know, kind of first grade or younger, uh, even if you're an expecting parent, um, we invite you to come and be a part of that conversation in that class. Yeah, sounds like a, a a nice thing to have there at the at the church there. So our reading, and sorry if I'm sound like I'm wheezy. So no it's not like I'm, I'm not dying. I'm fine. I'm perfectly fine. It's, <laughs> it's just, that time of year. <laughs> yeah, it's just fall. All the gunk in the air. So we read. <clears throat> First Timothy three through Second Timothy chapter two, and what would you like to focus on this week? Yeah, thanks, Gary. So yeah, we again invite our readers or listeners rather to read along. Uh, and again, we're going through the Bible in two years, and we covered the last part of First Timothy, uh, the book of First Timothy. That is a letter, an epistle written by the Apostle Paul to Timothy, uh, to a younger pastor. Uh, one that that Paul is is some one that Paul really cares for. Timothy is near and dear to Paul's heart, and we see that uh, especially in Second Timothy. But in First Timothy, one of the interesting things I think in chapter three is he lists these qualifications for overseers or for for pastors. We could even say um, so. Here it is in in verse one and following. Uh, it says, "If anyone aspires to the office of overseer." Uh, episkopos is the Greek word, he desires a noble task. Therefore, an overseer must be above reproach, the husband of one wife, sober-minded, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not a drunkard, not violent but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must manage his own household well with all dignity, keeping his children in submission. For if someone does not know how to manage his own household, how will he care for God's church? You must not be a recent convert or may become puffed up with conceit and fall into the condemnation of the devil. Moreover, he must be well thought of by outsiders so that he may not fall into disgrace, into a snare of the devil. So all these different requirements for someone who aspires really to, to serve as, as pastor. Um, and those are requirements certainly uh, in Timothy's time, but also requirements today too, uh, still for that divinely uh, instituted office of the holy ministry. So when you read through all these things, it's it's a tall order, right, Gary? I mean, respectable and able to teach, um, gentle. Uh, that is not easy. Um, and certainly there is no perfect pastor. Uh, pastors are all sinners. Um, I am keenly aware of that, uh, especially for myself. 
Uh, and yet, and yet, pastors are called to sort of a higher standard when it comes to these things. And these are good guidelines for an individual considering going into ministry to consider. And also uh, good things for, I think, the church at large to remember. What are we looking for in a pastor? Um, the other thing I think is kind of interesting about this, Gary, is, you know, what Paul doesn't mention, right? So he has all these requirements for a pastor. You know, he doesn't say that a pastor needs to be like a really polished speaker, a really engaging preacher. Uh, certainly that's a good thing, you know, if you can engage people in preaching, certainly. But but at the same time, you know, that's, that's not listed. Sure, able to teach is, but um, yeah, you don't have to be eloquent to be a pastor. Um, it doesn't say that the pastor has to be a really good fundraiser <laughs> or something like that. Uh, it, thankfully, it doesn't say the pastor doesn't need to be really cool, <laughs> yeah. Um, because yeah, I would I would be in trouble, Gary, if it said that. <laughs> oh man, you're pretty cool, I think. Anyway. Oh yeah, thanks, Gary. Yeah, thanks for humoring me. Yeah, um, I don't know a whole lot of cool pastors. I don't know. Maybe I'm hanging out with the wrong guys. But um, but you know, it, it's interesting what is required. But also think what what's 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 not listed as requirements. And sometimes even those things that are not listed, we think uh, as requirements for pastors, eloquence and other things. Um, but yet, no, no, these are, these are the core things, you know, the things that, that Paul lists here in First Timothy. I think these are a good uh, kind of standard to look at for uh, aspiring pastors and for the church at large looking to, to call a pastor. Yeah. Um, yeah, some other great things, too. Um, the end of, of 1 Timothy, uh, we have some famous lines there. Uh, 1 Timothy 6, verse 6, uh, talks about money and how we view money. Um, Paul says, uh, Now there is great gain in godliness with contentment, for he brought nothing into the world, and we, can take, we can't take anything out of the world. But if we have food and clothing with this, we will be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evils. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. Yeah, so it kind of helps put things in an eternal perspective, especially material things. You know, we, we, we brought nothing to this world. We can take nothing out of it, right? Right. Um, there's no U-Hauls behind hearse, as they say. You know, um, no, that, that's, that's not how it works. Um, so to keep that eternal perspective when it comes to earthly things. And, and again, the, the love of money, not money itself, but it's love. When we, we put it above God even, perhaps, that's dangerous. And Paul even says some have wandered away from the faith because of it. And, you know, what a shame. That's heartbreaking to think that, you know, chasing after money, loving money, some have even wandered away from the faith, given up those eternal gifts, those eternal treasures that are ours in heaven through Christ Jesus. Um, these verses, I think, help put that in perspective. And to wrap things up, you know, since we read a little of 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy is, is Paul's perhaps his most personal letter that he writes in the whole New Testament. Uh, it's probably the last letter that he writes, and he just is bearing his heart and soul in this, in this letter. And part of it is he is talking about his, his care for Timothy and how he hopes that Timothy can come and visit him, even in Paul's imprisonment. And he commends uh, Lois and Eunice, um, Timothy's grandmother and mother, for being a part of raising him in the faith. Um, so, uh, chapter 1, uh, verse 3 and following, he thanks God for Timothy, and then verse 4 says, I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. Verse 5, I'm reminded of your sincere faith, the faith that first dwelt in your mother Lois, excuse me, your, your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I'm now sure dwells in you. 
So Timothy's dad isn't mentioned there. We, we, we're not sure what happened with Timothy's dad. He, he wasn't present in Timothy's life. Uh, whether he wasn't physically present or spiritually present, uh, he really wasn't there. And so uh, it seems as though his mother and grandmother were the main ones who taught Timothy the faith, raised him in the faith. And uh, Paul realizes that and commends them for it. Um, and just an encouragement to our, our, our parents and grandparents who are listening and, you know, to uh, be like a Eunice or a Lois, um, teach the faith, pass it on to the next generation. And, uh, you know, that faith that lives in you, uh, pass that on to your children and grandchildren, just like Eunice and Lois did for Timothy. Would you like to lead us in the prayers we wrap up this segment? Yeah, I'd be happy to, Gary. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. Uh, to young Pastor Timothy. But we also realize that these words aren't just for pastors or even just for Timothy, certainly, but for us today, too. Uh, Lord, we ask that you would guard us against the love of money. Uh, We ask, Lord, that we would put our trust in you rather than in uh, finances. And we also, Lord, ask that you would equip parents and grandparents for passing on the faith to children and grandchildren uh, so that they might know Christ's great love for them and be able to live out their faith in their day-to-day life. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. What's our reading for next week? Next week, we're going to uh, finish up 2 Timothy, so 2 Timothy 3, and then we're going to read through Titus, Philemon, and into Hebrews. So we're, we're covering four different books, Gary. Uh, Philemon is just one chapter, though, so that's a breeze. But 2 Timothy 3 through Hebrews chapter 1. Thanks for being on the program today. Yeah, you're welcome, Gary. Talk to you later.